You are now listening to NYY Sports Talk, a New York Yankees podcast. Find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Podable. Or you can head to nyysportstalk.com slash podcast and subscribe right from the website. For live in-game Yankee updates, news, and fan giveaways, follow on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Now, let's talk Yankees baseball with Christian and Chris. Welcome back to the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. This is episode 30 presented by the Armchair All-Americans. I'm Christian. Find me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST alongside my co-host Chris. What up? You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Jr. underscore NYYST. And the birthday boy, Stack Guy Rye. Yep. Tomorrow. Oh, 26. 26. Young. We're recording on Sunday, but when this podcast is released, Stack Guy Rye will be another year older. Yes, I will be. Happy birthday to Stack Guy Rye. Sounds so happy about it. Thank you. Yeah, nothing better than turn 26. Oh, you could be turning 35. <laughs> 26 is my worst birthday. You could be turning 35 like somebody in this room. It wasn't a bad birthday like I had a great birthday. What I'm saying is it's just such a meaningless birthday. 25 was pretty cool because you're mid-20s. But then after that, until you hit 30, you know. You know, bro. Yeah, you I know. know, bro. You're turning 30 You're like this 40. year. No? This year, yeah. December. So you and my wife are both turning 30 this this year. Correct. It's very depressing. I only married her because she was so young. And I only <laughs> hung out with you because you were so young. It made me feel younger at heart. But now you're both going to be 30. I think it's time to... And now you can barely walk. I can barely you have a, walk. Just something in... else is breaking down every yeah, second. It's, it's not... I. I told you, I went to the doctor a few weeks ago for uh, my yearly physical, and I told him, I said, I said, You do doc- a physical? Yeah, you know, usually what adults do is they go to doctors and they get their health checked but on. But I don't like getting bad news, so I just avoid those kind of things. So then when you, you, just, you just die one day, and it could have been avoided. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Completely avoidable disease, but you didn't want to go to the doctor, so now he's dead. Uh, I told the doc, I said, the first 33 years were a breeze, and I don't know what the hell happened. What does he tell you? That you're just breaking down? This is it? Just old get age. used to it? Old age, man. You have happens. pain in your ankle? Just take Advil uh, at I this got, point? I hurt my back twice this year. I got a hernia. My knees are shot. It's It's been fun. <laughs> you might have to get surgery, too, no? At some point. You might gonna... be on the DL here. Yeah, I might. Might be like a Joe Meningo uh, situation where I'm calling you and you're doing the show from the house. Why you can't? If I'm, uh, you can't still. I'm not coming here if you need like help with things. What what does that mean? Like if I'm gonna have to like get you things while I'm here, I'm not coming. You can't hand me like a bottle of water. (laughs) No, I don't do that. So now the NYY Sports Talk audience really knows what a true (laughs) scumbag you are. That I on air have said you're like a brother to me, but you wouldn't even hand me a a friggin' bottle of water. No, I wouldn't. After days after surgery, right? Correct. Who do we have on today? We have Dan. Nice segue there. (laughs) We have Dan Federico of Bronx to Bushville. Dan's coming on to talk about the Chris. Why do I want to say Chris Drury? Who is Chris Drury? I don't know. Maybe you have me on your mind. No, didn't he play for the Rangers? Didn't he play for the Rangers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. 
And it's Drury. Drury. Not Drury. Who cares? And also, in the interview, because it was pre-recorded, just because you saw how to pronounce Torres' first name now, do you have to say it like that? It's Glaber. You say Glaybar. It's gl- it's Glaber. In the interview, you say Glaybar. Yeah, but... And every time I wanted to punch you. Glaybar. Chris Drury, assistant GM of New York Rangers now. Wow. Oh, is he, huh? See? Cool. From the ice to the front office. <laughs> Way to earn your pay, birthday Thanks boy. Stack guy Riot, let's just be honest. Stack guy Riot is only here because we threatened to mercifully, unmercifully right. bash him this week. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just looks like he doesn't even have any desires. But right you know now. what? I respect that. No, I wouldn't be here. I'm just tired. You look like a cross between a homeless Rocky Balboa oh, yeah. and Mar from, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. and Mar from Home Alone right now. Cool. <laughs> Good combo. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have Dan Federico on from Bronx to Bushville. Dan's here to talk about the Brandon D trade because Chris um, doesn't like the way I say his last Drury. name. Drury. Drury. I'm sorry. Sometimes I butcher names. You know what happens when you have an accent. What can I do? You really do. Your accent is so annoying. Oh, I'm sorry. People like it though on this podcast. Yeah, makes you sound some... like you're from New York. I'm from New Jersey though. <laughs> <laughs> brings a little local flavor to the show. I tweet it. I couldn't before we started recording. I was trying to get him to say tweeted. I tweeted. I tweet it. I tweet it. What do you want me to say? I tweet it. The window. I'm gonna throw you out the window. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of tweeting, uh, we had a little contest going on this week. I want to get this out of the way real quick. Yeah, we let's had, get this out of the way. We had the uh, caption this contest, and it was a picture of John Carl. You got that idea from our boys uh, Spencer at Respect to Jesus. I did. I, we'll, it was a great idea. We'll I liked get, it. We'll give uh, Spence a little credit. Uh, that's I did get the idea from to do a caption this contest from uh, our boys from Respect to Jeter at Respect to Jeter with some twos thrown in. So. You know it. You know it. R E two P E C T two J E T E R. Okay. Are you two. <laughs> All right. In about thirty seconds, you're gonna hear it go completely silent with a small gasp coming, and that's because I'm gonna shove this pen in my hand. Directly into Chris's neck. Good. All right. Threat. Threat. I actually texted you the the number and you called it. I didn't call it. Oh, you so don't you think didn't... I know the police number in my own town? The police number. <laughs> All right. Get to the contest. All right. So Sorry. anyway, it my was a, a caption this contest. We wanted the best caption was going to win a $25 gift certificate to the NYY fans uh, sports Whatever, whatever it is, the fan I, shop. The fan shop. Excuse me, I had some Chinese food for dinner last night. So anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so uh, C at C Guerrera. Let's spell it out here. C G U E R R A twenty twenty is the winner of the caption this contest, and his caption was, "You mean I have to hit." 60 for them to like me? <laughs> so the team here at NYY Sports Talk that came to a consensus that that was the best. Nope. What do you mean? I'm not mean? giving them full credit for this. Who? The winner. Why? Because we had another winner pick, but tell them what happened. Tell yeah. them what happened. The winner didn't That winner didn't follow, follow all the rules. rules. It was three simple rules. They didn't rules. retweet it. They didn't retweet it. It's very simple. You had to follow us, leave the caption under the original... Tweet, 
and retweet the original right. tweet. It's not really it's not complicated. But he made the final three. He did make the final three. And he was second. And not that his caption wasn't great, but we just want to let people know that it's simple. Read the rules, and another person could have actually won this. We're not going to say who. No. But, you know. But you know what? Should have read the it rules. It really was the best one. <laughs> it but, was a good one. But, you know, follow the rules. Follow the rules. You know? Um, Table. T-A-B-L-E. <laughs> you want to get to uh, our boy Dan? So, anyway. Great but, interview, by the way. It was a great interview, but just to wrap up the caption this contest here. We'll be tweeting. Uh, That's what you've never had an issue with that word. I don't know why you emphasized it. I have all other issues with all other variations of the word tweet, but tweeting is not my problem. <laughs> right. Okay, we'll be tweeting uh, the official announcement on Wednesday. But as I like to do, I want to. Uh, I want to. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? You want to um reward encourage people. reward people that listen to the podcast so i think that's a very smart idea chris if you listen to the pod before we uh drop the winner on wednesday we're going to add ten dollars to your gift certificate boom boom so if you tweet us before we tweet the winner on wednesday your gift certificate bumps from 25 dollars to 35 dollars and i'm going to run another caption this contest because i have a great friggin' picture that I want to I want to do this with again. So okay, all right. So that'll be coming probably Tuesday. I'll probably do that. Deal. All right. All right. So yes, we have Dan Federico on from Bronx to Bushville. We talk about a lot of different things, including the big Yankees trade this week. We're gonna uh, play the interview, uh, and then we're gonna come back with our thoughts on the Brandon. Say his last name. Drury. Drury. The Brandon Drury trade. <laughs> Enjoy. All right, NYY Sports Talk is here with Dan Federico of Bronx to Bushville. You can find Dan on Twitter at Dan J Federico. Dan, you're on with Christian and Chris. How you doing? What's going on, guys? Uh, thank you for having me, and uh, looking forward to talking about some Yankees uh, during spring training right now. Yeah, it's an exciting time. The Yanks have uh, played a couple games already so far this year uh, in their Grapefruit League schedule. Uh, Earlier in the week, we got a little bit of a roster transaction going on here, making a little waves throughout the Bronx. Uh, Brandon Drury came over from the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, in a three-team trade with, the uh, obviously, the Diamondbacks and the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Brian Cashman uh, came out and said that Drury's going to be the guy to uh, compete over at third base. I know there was a little speculation that he might have been there to compete for second, but... Uh, in your mind, if Drury locks down the third base uh, position, is Glabar Torres now the guy to play second base for the Yankees? So, first and foremost, I just want to say, I, I thought the trade was a good one because I have heard, I know it's starting to be speculated a little more. I know Brian Cashman said they were talking for a while. But I know earlier this winter, there were some rumblings that it was kind of a Drury and Patrick Corbin package. And that would have taken, you know, a, a lot more than what the Yankees gave up. Both Nick Solak and Taylor Widener, they're good prospects, but they're also their depth guys in the deep farm system that the Yankees have. So first off, I think it was a good trade. Um, they needed a veteran to kind of supplant the two positions where there are rookies, although I kind of was in the mindset of, you know, I didn't think it was big of a problem to have both Torres and Andujar starting to start the year, but now we know that it looks like Jury will be at their base. Now, when we get to Glaber Torres, I don't think he starts the season at second base. I know the the service time is something that a lot of people have been speaking about. 
the Yankees won't come out and say that they're going to do it for that reason. But I do believe that they'll say, you know, he had Tommy John surgery last year. He needs some time to develop. He only had 55 games above single A ball. So I think he's going to start the season in AAA. But if you ask me who's going to start the most games at second base this year, I'll say Gloria Torres. Here's, here's what I have an issue with, though. If you're going to sit here and tell me that Torres is going to start in the minor leagues, which I agree with you, wouldn't you have to say that Drury's going to start at second while Andujar starts at third? I mean, wouldn't that make the most sense? See, when I first heard the trade, um, I talked to a National League executive that I've grown to have good conversation with. He's given me some info. And this was before Brian Cashman came out and said he was a third baseman. And this guy told me right away, he said, oh, that's perfect for Andahar. He could play third base to start the season. Jury could play second base. It gives Torres time to kind of work at second base. Because if you remember, he obviously started as a shortstop. And last year, they were pushing for him to play third base because he was going to come up and replace Chase Headley at some point last season if he didn't get hurt. So he does still could use some time at second base. So, you know, that kind of seemed like the logical uh, reasoning behind the trade. But now with Duhar, I mean, with, with Jury at, at third base and Duhar kind of up in the air, I don't know if he's going to be a trade bait. I don't know if they just want him to get more seasoning at third base. But one thing that stuck out to me is how much Cashman spoke about Jury being a third baseman and only being a third baseman. Because when he was with Arizona, he kind of played all over the diamond. So he, they really seemed like they want to keep him at one position, think he could excel at one position. He's kind of giving me vibes of Aaron Hicks, where Cashman is just head over heels for him and is going to give him a long leash to try to succeed. So I don't think that looks good for Andujar. I'm really curious to see what they do with him throughout the season. Just to follow up on that real quick, I look at it two ways, right? The first way being that Cashman, I think, wanted to put a little competition over at third base for Andujar. Because we talk about all these guys who could potentially play second um, and then Andujar was really the only option, it seemed like, at third. So I think that's part of it. But my biggest thing is, when are we ever going to give Andujar a chance? This would be the perfect opportunity, having Torres stay down for the 12 days he needs or whatnot, to see what Andujar is made of at third base. Let Jury play second, let Andujar play third. And if it turns out that he's that big of a problem, so what? You have Torres coming up, hopefully, Within a couple weeks, no? Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I honestly agree. I really thought um, it was going to be Andujar's for the taking. I thought he deserved it. I mean, last year in AAA, he had 317, had 866 OPS. He's really improved at the plate every single year he's been in the minor league. Granted, I know a lot of people have issues with his defense. Uh, I know personally when I saw him play, his arm at third base is probably his best overall attribute of his game. I mean, he has a cannon for an arm. His footwork, you know, there, there's issues there, but he's athletic enough to succeed as a defensive third baseman. I don't know if they just really think he needs more time and they don't want to put that pressure on him at the major league level, but I'm in the belief of you got to kind of let these guys sink or swim, especially at this point when there's going to be so much protection in the rest of the lineup. I think it was the perfect time, but and just kind of mature on his own at the bottom of the order and, you know, just kind of see where it goes from there. So I don't know. I feel like now if they want to trade him, this may hurt his value because they're kind of saying, you know, now we got Jury and he's, you know, got a leg up on the competition as 
Brian said. So I, I'm really, you know, still confused with the whole thing. I don't know exactly what they're going to do with Antibody. All right, so basically what it looks like, though, is that we're going to get either Drury or Andujar over at third, most likely uh, Drury, and I'm probably butchering his name, but... It's Drury. Drury. <laughs> That's my uh, North, North Jersey accent for you. It's Drury. All right. Nobody wants to hear your bad impersonations. Uh, but the question is now, if the Yankees... Well, you touched on some of the different things of why the Yankees would keep uh, Glabar Torres down in AAA to start the season... If he's not your opening day starting second baseman, who is your starting opening day second baseman? Is it Tyler Wade? Is Ronald Torres over there? Is somebody else in the organization that, you know, like the depth guys like Peterson or Danny Espinosa, one of those guys going to take that spot? So I'm going to rule out right away Espinosa and Peterson. I think they're both just there for insurance depth pieces. If something really goes wrong, they'll be in the major leagues, and that won't be good for the Yankees. So I think they're just there to be some fodder in AAA and just hopefully, you know, just, just in case depth. Now, that brings me to Torres versus Wade. Um, you know, Torres is a nice player. I think he did well last year when he filled in. Obviously, he had 293. Doesn't get on base that much, but he's at the bottom of the order. You kind of just, he, he is what he is. You know, you like what he brings to the table. But I am a huge Tyler Wade fan. I mean, before he got called up last year, he was probably the best player in Scranton. He was hitting 310. He was a doubles machine, extra base hit machine. He was getting triples too. Not that much home run power, but you know that's not the type of player he is. He's got great speed in the minors. He had a great eye at the plate. I think he was just overwhelmed last year, and I don't think he's anything like the player we saw the time he spent in the major league. I know as it's been brought out now, he's been working with Albert Pujols this offseason, and you can see in only the couple spring training at bats he's had his stance looks tighter. Everything's more compact. It looks like he just has a better overall feel at the plate. Dan, I don't want to stop. I want to stop you right there for a quick second because you brought up pool holes. And uh, when we were watching, Chris and I were watching the game the other day. We didn't even recognize Tyler Wade. He looks so much bigger than he did last year. Yeah, I noticed that too. He does. It's just like everything about him is just. I, I, I mean, listen. I hope he's not on that other diet. <laughs> uh, Alex Pujols was on earlier this year. I'm just kidding. But I mean, he's you know he, he does. He definitely looked a lot stockier. He did. I agree with that. Um, I just, I don't know. I think he was somebody who I thought was a reason why they wouldn't need Drury or someone like him because he could play all over the diamond. He's that type of player where you could kind of plug and fight him. Uh, I was really excited to see what he brought to the table this year, and it looks like now with Drury in place, he may not be the type of player the Yankees thought he was, but I, I think he's somebody who could start opening day give you a lot of speed at the bottom of the lineup, which the Yankees don't have that much of outside of Brett Gardner. So I think he's somebody who could provide that and somebody who could do really well in the fill-in role. Look, at the end of the day, and this is the first time in a long time that we've had this problem, but every problem we talk about for the Yankees is that they have too much talent on this team. And that's always going to be a good problem to have. Also with also with the bullpen. Uh, now we're hearing... Talks of Chance Adams possibly taking over like an Adam Warren type role. Have you heard anything more on that? Now, if you guys, you could like, I could retweet it. I could put it, show you guys back on my Twitter. Back in May, I was told by a scout. I went to Double A to watch the Thunder, and Chance Adams was still there. And we watched him pitch, and I was with the scout. And he told me 
that this guy is destined for the bullpen. Now, I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, but he was actually a closer in college. And really? We didn't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, he was a closer in college. He has that mentality where he's aggressive. He fights every pitch. He's somebody who I think the Yankees fans will really love. But when you watch him, and if you, even if you look at his stat lines, if you go on uh, MLB.com and search Santana, he doesn't go deep into games. He has an issue with this fastball where it could be flat at times, and I think he was simply better than AAA and AA hitters, where he was just able to simply overpower them. And I think that's something that won't work out as well at the major league level. Um, I was told at first that he would be a great kind of setup guy, but then another scout I spoke with said he does he could fit into the Adam Warren role where he could, you know, if they need him to be a spot starter, he could give them five, six innings and pair him up with another reliever. Or he could be on the back end of maybe a CC Sabathia or Jordan Montgomery who would go, you know, let's say they go four innings, five innings, and you, he could pitch two or three innings out of the bullpen. I think he's going to be valuable to the Yankees, but I don't think he's going to be, you know, somebody who you could be a four or five starter for the team. But you know what? Someone like Adam Warren, that's somebody you need on championship team, that type of player. And with him, his contract, he's making $3 million. You could trade him and shed that money and then, you know, fill Chance Adams in right with that role. So I think he's going to be valuable to the team, but not as a starting pitcher. You know, it's interesting that the rumors came out that he was going to take Adam Warren's role. Because Chris and I were down in Scranton uh, last season, and we saw Chance Adams pitch. And the guy that I was thinking of when I saw Chance Adams pitch was Adam Warren. So that that's interesting that that's. And you know what? You look at you look at a guy like Adams, right? And they wanted him to develop that changeup. Why? Because his fastball was topping out at what ninety four, ninety even maybe even a little less. I mean, unless you're perfect nowadays in this league with a ninety four mile per hour fastball, you're going to get beat. You're going to get beat more times than not. So I think if he can put more uh, power into a bullpen role, he could be much more effective. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. If you transition him to the bullpen, you know he's going to be able to unleash more than he did as a starter. I mean, case in point is Chad Green. He wasn't throwing 98, 99 miles an hour as a starter. Exactly. He has to preserve that energy. But now that he's pitching one, two innings, he can let it all out. So not I everyone is Severino throwing 100 into the into the eighth inning. Exactly. I mean, that, that guy's just a freak of nature. But I, I think, you know, Chance Adams, I, I'm really interested to see his development this year and see kind of what they do. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys saw his quote the other day, but he did say he's ready to be in the bullpen. He's ready to start. He's just kind of ready to be in the major league. Yeah, general, I did so. see those quotes that he said that he's ready to do what, basically whatever the team needs him to do. And that's, and that's the type of player you want, especially on a team like this where there's a lot expected out of this team. You want the young guys to just come in do their job and do whatever they're asked. So he, he has the right mindset. So I'm cu- really curious to see how his development goes on and what the Yankees ultimately plan. I do think, though, as a side note, that they'll give him a chance to start. I wouldn't be surprised if he does start a couple of games in the major leagues, but I think he'll ultimately end up in both. All right, so uh, we're on here with Dan Federico of Bronx to Bushville. You can find Dan on Twitter, at DanJFederico. Before we wrap up the interview, Dan, we want to get to the overcrowded outfield that the Yankees have. It seems like they got, what, five or six guys that could be legitimate starters on any given team. Um, first thing we want to touch on, Jacoby Ellsbury, the, uh, this, what has he got left? $63 million or whatever it is? $63 million, too much. Yeah. So Ellsbury came out, you know, it's obvious that everybody and their mother wants to see Ellsbury get traded. It's obviously hasn't happened yet. Ellsbury came out and said that, he thinks he uh, he can win the center fielder job 
So we'll ask you, is there any way that Jacoby Ellsbury wrestles that job away from Aaron Hicks, who, as you mentioned before, is a Brian Cashman guy? Yeah, I was literally, when you asked that question, I was literally going to go back to what I said before and say, he's the Brian Cashman guy. I don't see it happening out during spring training unless he gets hurt. But the thing with Aaron Hicks is he has gotten hurt a decent amount since he's been with the Yankees. I think Ellsbury is going to get a good amount of time because of that, but I can't see him wrestling the starting uh, center fielder job away from him no matter what. I mean, I think Aaron Hicks can hit you know, 220 in spring training, and Elbert did 300, and I still believe that he will be the opening base center fielder. But as much as people don't want to admit it, I think Elbert is going to be a big piece this year, only because, again, Hicks has had trouble staying healthy, and they're going to need somebody to fill in. Brett Gardner can't play center field every day, and Clint Frazier right now, he's just not a center fielder. So Elbert is going to get time. I think he is, and he's just got to come in and perform. His contract, obviously is ridiculous, and he's not a bad player if it wasn't for that contract. Just people see that right away and think, if you're making that much money, you have to be hitting in 320 with you know so many home runs, so many extra base hits. Um, he's not that type of player. I think he's a serviceable fill-in, and he's going to have to you know step up when he does because that time is going to come. You said it in so many words just now, and we debated it last week, but it, <clears throat> excuse me. it seems like Clint Frazier is blocked in any way possible right now. Um, I mean, you could even say if Hicks goes down and they maybe move Gardner to center field and Clint Frazier comes up, uh, that could be his only shot. But like you were just talking about that contract in Ellsbury, they're going to want him to play. They're going to want him to have some success on this team. So do you see any possible way Clint Frazier makes this opening day roster? I, unless, again, what we were saying, you know, Danny Espinosa and Jace Peterson have to play, if Clint Frazier's on the opening day roster, that means something's had to go wrong or somebody's injured, things like that. I, I, I honestly love Clint Frazier's mindset, kind of like the same thing with Chance Adams. He's saying, I want to make this opening day roster. I'm going to play my butt off and do, like, the impossible. But the thing is, like you said, he's just he's completely blocked. There's no room for him. But the thing is with him, too, I think he could use time in AAA. Granted, he could fight in the major leagues as well, but I don't think there's anything wrong with him getting some seasoning in Scranton. I remember it stood out a lot last year. I don't remember the exact game, but Paul O'Neill was pointing out how bad his footwork was when he was swinging at the plate. And he did work on that this summer, but that's something he needs to see live action with, and he's better off doing that in AAA where he can refine his swing and continue to get repetition instead of doing that at the major league level. I do think he's a logical fit to replace Brett Gardner next year. And I don't think him spending the entire season in AAA is necessarily a bad thing. But I also think the Yankees are also looking at him as somebody who they could use as trade bait for a controllable starting pitcher somewhere maybe, you know, in the start of the season or by the trade deadline at the latest. I said it a million times, though, and and I couldn't agree more with you that he can use some time down in the minor leagues. His swing is too quick and too good for him to be getting beat so many times last year. If he can make some minor adjustments and have a full year in the minor leagues to to work on that, this kid could be an absolute superstar in the major leagues because that, that bat speed in that swing is phenomenal. And he got beat way too many times last year. And you could see, too, I mean, he was somebody who 
swing he didn't get beat and actually connected with the ball. I mean, he would either send it when he hit the game-winning home run, he sent that deep into left field. Anytime he connected, it was just like lightning off his back. He has it. Lightning off the back because he he's red thunder. <laughs> and there you go, exactly. <laughs> he, he has it. He does. He has that ability. He just, Like you said, he just needs to refine something. And that's not a bad thing to do in AAA. I know, I'm sure he wants to be in the majors, especially this year with all the stuff going on, but if he takes that time to develop and just puts his mind to it, knowing that, you know, Brett Gardner's free agent on the logical replacement, I, I think it'll bode well for him. So I, I think that there's a lot of hope there. And if the Yankees stick with him, he's going to be a perfect replacement next year. All right, Dan, before we let you go, since you're a WWE guy, I'm a WWE guy, and it pisses Chris off to no end when I bring it up I'm on the show. I'm editing this part out. Of the interview. <laughs> Even though our fans are going to hear this tomorrow morning, since we're recording on Sunday and the podcast will be released on Monday. Uh, so the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view will be over when this uh, hits the airwaves. I got But I do want to ask you while I got you here. We've known about it for about a year now. It's been Vince's goal to get to Brock versus Roman for WrestleMania main event this this year. Do you see any way that when this podcast hits the air, the main event is not set at Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? Is there any way you see maybe Seth sneaking in there or even Finn Balor? What's your thoughts on that? I don't think there's any chance that it's anyone but Roman. Now, to put that aside, I do think Roman and Brock could have a good match. I really enjoyed their WrestleMania 31 match. The thing that just takes everything out of it is that it's obviously been planned this whole time. That kind of just takes the wind out of everything. But if I had to pick somebody to possibly win over Roman, it's got to be Seth Rollins. I mean, he's been on fire the last month or so. His performance last week when he went over an hour straight and beat Roman Reigns and John Cena in the same night, it was terrific. He's, he's amazing. I think he's, outside of AJ Styles, he's probably the best wrestler on the entire WWE roster, NFC included. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he somehow came out on top, but unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be Roman versus Brock. Since you brought up AJ Styles, we're, there's also no way you see they're getting around AJ versus Nakamura for the WWE title on the SmackDown side? SmackDown has been so confusing and head-scratching that I, I can't put anything past them. They need to do AJ versus Nakamura, but with all these different you know different things going on, with you know now we have the Fastlane main event with Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler and all these guys, I don't know if they're going to switch plans. They shouldn't, but it sucks to say, but I wouldn't put it past them. All right, Dan. Well, we want to thank you for coming on, spending uh, about 20, 25 minutes on here with us discussing Yankees and a little WWE, much to Chris's uh, disdain over here. <laughs> but we, uh, like I said, we want to thank you for coming on, spending part of your Sunday morning with us. Uh, that's Dan Federico, at Dan J. Federico. You can find them on uh Bronx to Bushville. Do you want anything uh, to plug, Dan? you want the fans to check you out anywhere? No, like you said, just just follow me on Twitter at Dan J. Federico. I'm regularly posting, you know, updates uh, about prospects I hear about and uh, just some news like that. I like to put out little tidbits on there that I hear from a bunch of scouts and some people that I'm in contact with. So you can follow me on there. Uh, Bronx to Bushville, that's a website that me and two other guys that I'm friends with created. Uh, we're still on the soft launch page, but I post on there when I write my you know, work. So just keep an eye out for that. And, uh, yeah, just keep on along, ready for the season to start. Awesome, Dan. Thanks so much for coming on. You were great. And, uh, maybe we can touch base mid season again this year. Yep, for sure. Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Thanks Dan. Dan. Take care.
All right, welcome back to the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Uh, that was our interview with Dan Federico of Bronx to Bushville. You can find him on Twitter at Dan J Federico. We made him shut order. up. <laughs> Just shut up. He's been doing this Godfather impression because he's he's wearing the Godfather sweatshirt. We've had to cut and retake twenty times, and he thinks he sounds like Marlon Brando. Why don't you go sleep with Richard Pryor or something? What? <laughs> You didn't hear about that? Yeah, I did. We talked about that. We drink more wine now. <laughs> Shut up. I wish you were impersonating. Like old man. You sound like you're doing an old man impression. Well, I wish little, you were impersonating he when, he did the, when he said the, uh, you know, when uh, Michael talks him in the garden, he says, oh, I'm drinking more wine now. It was right before he died, so. I wish you were impersonating Sonny. Sonny? I'd impersonate his killers. Yeah? Blow you up. That's a terroristic <laughs> threat, okay? I don't have to take that. So where's the FBI on? Shut that? up. What a uh, let's talk a little bit about jury. We got a lot of heat on this this week. Um, no, you got a lot of heat on this oh, this come week. On. We included Dan's post in our article, which is what we wrote about. That it sounded like jury was going to play for Torres at least to start the season. But like I kept saying, Torres has twelve days. Of service time. Let before. me just say this before we get into anything. Dan's a guy that we got to know from doing NYY Sports Talk. I've talked to Dan off the record a lot, especially because you guys heard we're both WWE guys. So I talked to him about various different things. I come to like and respect Dan. Dan's war, uh, wrote in a lot of reputable places. He said he spoke to an NL, NL scout so or executive. I'm going to take him at his word, right? And you know what? What the scout was saying made. All the sense in the world. So, you know, if we offended anybody by anything that we posted, you know, like, just put your thinking cap on for a second. When the trade went down and Dan posted the quotes from the exec that he talked about, didn't it make the <coughs> most sense that Drury was brought here to play second base? Yeah, and it and it sucked for us because, like, two hours after we dropped the article, Cashman came out and said Drury's here to play third. But my point is, right, everyone's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Torres only has 12 days in the minors. And he says who? No, he has 12 days of service time to get him for an extra year. But who's to say in 12 days that this kid's uh, a miracle worker and he should just be up in the major leagues? We don't know. We don't know if he's ready. There's a lot of different things that go into Glaber Torres being here at uh, the beginning of the year. If it. You said you looked it up, that it's only 12 it's days. It's 12 days. It yeah. was a lot longer back when Chris Bryant was coming up with the right. Cubs. And if they changed it, I must have missed the ruling on it. Okay. But I think it could have had something to do with his injury. I don't know. Who? Torres. Do Does mean? it have anything to do with last year coming into this year? I don't know. I don't know I how that works. I would assume I he's off the disabled list at this point. I know that. But I'm saying... Does anything from last year no, I don't think affect shortening it. the time of this year? No, I don't think so. I I remember during the last CBA that that was a bit of conjecture between the players and the owners, the uh, the service time rule. So maybe they did shorten it. I don't know. But I remember it was like, what, mid-May when Chris Bryant got yeah. pulled up? Yeah. And it was like the day after right. that the Cubs would have gotten a whole right. other year of control over him. Which, let's be honest, it's a scummy move, but it's the right move but to make. But you know make what? It it's business. only if it's only twelve days. It's twelve days. If you're talking, if you're talking two, three months, that's a different story. Even if it is still six weeks, you mean to tell me that Torres, who has only played fifty games above the single A level, 
and is coming off Tommy John surgery. You're stealing the words right out of my mouth. He can't yeah. use that six weeks at We just expect Scranton. him to be this superstar. We don't know. We don't know. So that's why it made sense that Jury was coming here to play second base. Because why wouldn't we give Andujar a chance at third? Right? Because what's the worst that happens? He sucks while Torres is in the minors and we move Drury over and then we put Torres or Wade at second? That's the worst that happens. But you can't sit here and tell me that Drury and Andujar are your best two options right now to play second and third base. Who is You I, cannot I, I tell me. I didn't hear me. who you said. You said Torres and who? I said Drury and Andujar to start the year if Torres is going to be in the minors. Are those are your two best options? Who's better? What are you going to do? Put Drury at third and then put Tyler Wade to Torres at second? I guess you can, but I think that Drury and Andohar, at least lineup-wise, are going to be your best options. Here's the problem. And we keep hearing a lot of conflicting reports about Andohar's readiness to play third base. If he is if he is brick hands over there at third base, that's a major liability. It is, but I just don't think he's that bad. You don't think he's that bad? I've been reading a lot of scouting reports that say he's gotten a lot better. A lot better from what, though? He was apparently, the, the <coughs> in this to say this term, but apparently he was the shits over at third base last year. And now he's a lot better. So what? He's only mild diarrhea now? So let me, mean, tell you, let me tell you this then. If he's not ready to at least man third for 12 days or however many days anyone thinks that Torres is going to take to come up here then he shouldn't be on this team. And you know what? We're devaluing him immensely at that point. I feel like Stat Guy Rise got something to say right now. Uh, I was just looking up stuff about the service time with Chris Bryant. Uh, he got called up April 17th. Uh, Torres, really? yeah. Torres, it would be April 14th. So it's Why right did around. I think it was May? Hmm. Nah, yeah, it was they, maybe a couple used, weeks in. Maybe it used to be May. Maybe. But, I remember that was a big deal with a lot of these guys. They were getting called up in May. To, maybe, I remember. I You're right. Yeah, but it was only it was in this mid-April. Wow! But can we just? I, I apologize for can being we just wrong. Touch there. on this for a second, though, with Andujar. If he isn't good enough to come up at this point, we're devaluing him to a point where he's just going to go to waste. Then he should have put him in a package with Clint no, you Frazier. Should, you should just play him at third base. Is what you should do, Chris. But you got to understand. If he's something. brick hands and he makes five errors in the first two games and kick his ass out, but leaving him in the minor leagues is devaluing devaluing him just as much as him coming up here and shitting the bed. All right, but we talked about this with Dan. Is you? None of us seem to think that leaving Clint Frazier in the minor leagues for another year would devalue him any. So what? how would it devalue Miguel Andujar by leaving him in the minor because leagues? Because it, it's a completely different beast. Because we're not itching for an outfielder. We're not itching. If we were... Minus a couple outfielders and we needed someone to man an outfield position. You're telling me you wouldn't be comfortable with Clint Frazier? No, we are itching for a third baseman right now. But here's and, the, and, and this kid is supposed to be a top prospect and you're still not going to bring him up? Right, but here's the problem. Clint Frazier can play a respectable outfield. We don't know if exactly. Andujar can play That's a respectable third base. So if Andujar is going to hit 230 but play good defense, I can live with that. I can't live with him hitting 300, but being the worst third baseman My ever. My point is, when is he going to get better then? He's considered a top prospect. His bat is. Okay, but when is his fielding going to catch up? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. Edgar Martinez we'll is going to the Hall we'll of Fame, know. and he never picked we'll up never a glove. We'll never know until they play him at third. And apparently, 
uh, Drury is a butcher over at second base. That's what I kept hearing after. So all. great. So great. That's great. And that's why Cashman wants him over at third. All right. So we'll see. Why are you getting mad over this? Because it frustrates me. There's no harm in at least seeing what Andujar does. Yeah, what if he cost him three out of the first four games because he can't play third base? If that if 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 he's costing him three of the first four games as a third baseman due to errors, that's a problem. That's a big problem. There are there are positions in the in that you can't you need look, first of all, let me back up here and get my he's words. He's not that correct. bad. He's a major league he's a professional baseball player. He can't be that bad, Christian. He can't he can't be someone who just pretty much doesn't exist at third base. He can't be that bad. And if he is, then guess what? Get him the hell out of here. Because I don't want him. At least let me see how bad he is then. All right. Well, he's our future, no? Maybe. Do you consider him our future? I don't know. You don't even know. But he's considered a top prospect. So why don't we freaking try it while Torres is down in the minor All leagues? I'm saying is if there is this much debate over whether he can play third base or not, they should have traded him and let him be somebody else's There problem. you go. And I agree with you 100%. Right. But now that they didn't, he should be playing next. No, it's not next. <laughs> no. It's not next. It's just not that simple. It's just not that simple. I'm sorry. Like, There's a reason why the Yankees went out and made a trade for a third baseman. There's a reason why they did that. Because they don't think Andahara will ever be ready. Then you know what? You know, Then him and Clint Frazier and whoever the hell else it would have taken to – because you mean to tell me the bag of the bag of uh, donuts that the Pirates got for uh, Garrett Cole, you couldn't give them Frazier and Andujar and whatever else and get that deal done? You couldn't yeah. have gotten that no, deal you done? Could've. All right. So Andujar was the one who apparently held the trade up. No. And that's another thing. If that that's correct, and now he's got to bring in Brandon Drury. Who... That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Andujar will be your starting third baseman on opening day. Drury will play at second. You can mark my words on and that. And what if Drury never takes one rep at second base? How's he going to play second base on opening day? He'll do it. I don't know. <laughs> Everything's just magic to you. Like a unicorn is going to fly in here and whisk you away to never, never land. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we promised the Tyler Wade debate. That was the big teaser at the end of the show last week. And here's the debate. He's a he's a bag of garbage. Okay, <laughs> here's what I'll is say: Is he about. a hefty bag or is he your store brand nah, nah, nah. bag? <laughs> here's to be fair to Tyler Wade. Here's what I'll say: I want to keep it short and sweet, but my point is a great point. This kid has the potential to be a great baseball player. We've heard his scouting reports. He's not some bum. I can't stress that enough. But when he came up last season. He wasn't even in the same realm. Chris, he didn't even look like he belonged in the organization. He looked like a Little League baseball player. Someone like that needs time to mature in the minor leagues. This year, just because he came back all big and buff and looking ready, there's no way he made that leap where he's ready. And I'll tell you what, it's going to take a lot in the minor leagues to prove to this organization that he is ready to be with the big league club. That's my only gripe with Wade, and that's why I argue anyone who tells me he's going to be a big threat for the Yankees this year because I don't think he's going to get that opportunity. He's not. His bat was – look, can he play a steady second base? Yes. Does he he's bring, fast. Does he bring a speed factor to yes. this team that they're sorely lacking? Yes. All right. 
Can he hit above 113? I really don't think so. What did he hit last year, Rye? I really might have hit 113. And you know what? It's it. You know, we're kind of joking on that, but he was so he was so outmatched. He was so outmatched, and you saw he was two to three years removed from being a successful major league baseball player. 155. All right. Okay. And he got he had might as well have batted 113 last year. In 58 at bats, he had nine hits. I mean, it's a small, it's a small sample, sample size, size but... and you and you don't know what the kid can do when you give him a consistent at, at bats. But that's goes back to my point of if he's up here and Torres is the player we think he is, what's he going to do? He's going to rot away on the bench again. So, barring injury, he's not going to get consistent at bats up here. He struck out nineteen times too. Okay, so he needs work. He needs a full year, maybe two more full years in the minor leagues. Before he's ready for the major Chris, leagues. Chris, if he needs two more full years, then that's I don't ever anticipate him ever being a major league baseball Maybe player. Maybe not. No, well, not with the Yankees. How old is he, Rye? He's not that old. He's a young he's kid. He's a young guy, yeah. So what are you going to tell me? Two more years in the minor leagues, he'll never make the major leagues? Yeah, but he was he was probably Scranton's best hitter last year. 23. He's 23. Can you look up his minor league You're numbers? telling me a tw- What did he hit in Scranton last year? He was probably hitting 350 down Yeah, and there. then guess what? They brought him up to the majors and he woke up. And he came back down to earth. It's yeah. a different. It's a different. In Scranton last year, he hit three ten. Three ten. Eighty five games. So you know what? That shows me he has great potential, but he's just not ready. That you know what that shows me? He's a four A player. He's a guy that right. He could get. He could up. be a four A player. You don't know that just yet. You don't know that just yet. Let him have one more full year look, in the minor leagues. Here's the thing that, as Yankee fans, we got to look at that Aaron Judge looked like a deer in the headlights in his cameo he did. in 2016. Minus and then his he was, first at bat ever. And then last year, I mean, the guy owns Major League Baseball now. Look, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen here. But all we're saying is, no one in their right mind is coming in after what Tyler Wade showed he can do last year and saying, oh, Tyler Wade, he might be able to to play second base for us this year. But There's no way. I also think you can't really judge a player based off of 58 at-bats. You have to give someone at least 100 at-bats right. before you but, say anything. But he needs those at-bats in the minor leagues. He clear like What I'm saying is in 59 at-bats, I wouldn't judge him so much if he somewhat looked like he belonged. Dude, that's the thing. He though. was yeah. so far removed from looking like he belonged in the, minor, in the major leagues. When Judge came up, he showed the prodigious power. Right. And then he got hurt. We knew there was a few holes that he needed to fix. And then he, but then he got hurt, and then that was the end of it for him. So we knew if he could clean up a few different things, right. he showed the power to be a exactly. major baseball player. What did Tyler Wade show you last year that showed you that he could hit consistently even Nothing. at a 240 level? He looks so lost. So lost. And you can't have someone batting 310 in the minor leagues and then come up and bat 155 or whatever it was. There's got to be some separation there that he needs to bridge that gap. I mean, judge, judge in 84 at bats in 2016, he hit, he hit 179. But Look, but what Christian's hit. saying is, yeah, you showed. saw that potential. You, also, you saw you also a guy, saw a guy that could have a a, a lot of flaws, right. in, his, in his. No, you definitely did. You're right. But, we're, I know that you and you and Tyler Wade are BFF. So, but here's my thing, though. Here's my thing. You looked at Judge and you said, okay. He needs to lay off the pitches outside of the zone. He needs to wait for his pitch. He needs to do this and do that, and he'll be a great baseball player. When you looked at Tyler Wade, when you look at Tyler Wade, what does Tyler Wade have to do to be a better hitter? Everything. Everything, right? 
You don't even well, know. Well, his big thing was that, right, because he's been working with Pujols at the gym out in California. Right. And he was saying something that Pujols told him how to hit the inside pitch. That was his problem. No, every pitch was his problem. But that's what he specifically singled out. But here's the th- and this is what the last thing we'll say in Tyler Wade versus Aaron Judge, okay? Aaron Judge gave you hope that he could be, at, at the very least, a everyday major league outfielder. Right. Because you saw how far and how hard he could hit the ball. Mm-hmm. I never got that sense of anything from Tyler Wade last year. Listen, I'm not saying that he can't be a great player. His scouting report says he can. All I'm saying is he needs more time to figure out what it's going to take for him to be that great player. And Chris, player. if you're telling me two years, two years is two years too many. Two years is two years too many as a Yankee. No, I'm sorry. Not two years too many. It's one year too many. If you mean to tell me that a full 2018 and then he'll be a a capable Major League Baseball player in 2019, I'll believe But it. where's he going to play in the Yankee organization anyway? You know what? If he if, <laughs> you know? he, if he's going to be a younger, faster version of Therese in two thousand uh, in two thousand nineteen, then so be it. Because I mean, come on, you know the 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 hourglass is ticking on Ronald Therese. Let's be realistic about it. Okay. If the, but I just don't think those are the expectations the Yankees have for him, and I don't think Major League Baseball has that expectations for him. Meaning that they can trade him for a valuable player. Like what? What are they going to get for Tyler Wade that's of any value? Like a middle reliever? He's a he what is he on our prospect list? I don't know. That's he's what pretty high up. That's what Ryan's here for. You know? So he's not some guy who the Yankees are going to nurture in the minor leagues and then he's going to come up and be a Ronald Torres for us. That's a valuable part of the it team. It is a valuable part, but that's not his role. You don't know that. If he can't have a starting role on this team, I think he's great trade bait. All right, so there's a lot of different ways we could take this, and we're gonna we're gonna break for commercial in a minute here. But final thing I'm gonna ask you on this whole thing: opening day, who's starting third base? Andujar. Opening day, who's starting second base? Jury. I will I will say that to him blue in the face. We come back from the All Star break. Who's starting at third base? Andujar. Who's starting second base? Torres. All right. If they give Andujar a chance, like I think they will, he is going to prove that he's a superstar. I don't. I necessarily. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just, like I said, there's a lot of questions about his defense, and he's got to be able to play a capable third base. I think a lot of this is just Cashman trying to stir the pot a little bit. Yeah, but I've read it from guys that aren't named Brian Cashman. I'm just saying. Uh, Last year, Tyler Wade was ranked uh, the 16th prospect for the Yankees. So in, the, in their organization, yes, number 16. Organization. That's, right. you got to think about that's low on the depth chart in the realm of Major League Baseball. All right, I guess I guess you're right. If he's only the 16th ranked prospect in one organization. What's he in? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, all right. So he's a bum. All right, you happy? No, I didn't <laughs> want to classify him as a bum. I'm just saying that... You know, if his role, if he has a successful 10-year career with the Yankees or in Major League Baseball where he is a utility guy that gets 250 at-bats, you know, every year, plays second, short, and third, and, you know, he hits 260, you know, that's not a bad way to live your life. All right, so let's throw it to uh, one of our sponsors here, and then we'll, uh, we got a little chance to Adam's talk because Chris said the magic words. If he doesn't have a role as a starter, and then we heard a little... You know, you heard it, uh, Dan talk about it, but we'll give you our thoughts on it when we come back from break. 
What's up, everyone? I'm Brandon from BrandonRendiniFitness.com, and I am an online fitness coach. My goal is to help you reach your fitness goals, so by purchasing one of my plans, you will receive a personalized meal plan and a workout plan to help you reach your goals. You will have 24-7 access to me for questions, and we would have scheduled weekly check-ins to make sure you're staying on track. What sets me apart is I want to help you find balance. I don't expect you to eat grilled chicken breast all day long. I understand that life happens and you're going to want to eat that piece of cake or that slice of pizza, which is why my plans are perfect for that. To make things more interesting, I am offering a special promo code for NYY Sports Talk listeners. If you purchase any of my plans, you can use the code NYYST and get 10% off. Again, that's promo code NYYST in all capital letters. So head to BrandonRendiniFitness.com today and find the plan that works best for you. All right, now we're back again. Like, how many breaks did we take today? Like nine? Enough. We took a good amount. All right, and we're going to wrap up the show here with a little... Uh, who did we say we were going to Chance talk? Adams. Chance Adams. We were... And during the break here, we were discussing a little stadium music. You were... Doom, 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 doom. That's doom, the Yankees. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah. Don't you love that hearing I that, I love though? that. My, I think my doorbell growing up was that. You guys like when the when the someone on the Yankees hits a home run when the lights flash? I Not freaking really. love I, it. I, I love it. Why? I love it. I don't know why. It pumps like me it. up. That's I love new. It. That's only in the last. Yeah. It's new. Last time. couple of years. I love it. Love every second of it. Pumps you like the PC Richard whistle for a strikeout? <laughs> Absolutely. Whenever someone Are you kidding me? gets a strikeout, I do the whistle and then it goes. Doom, 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 doom. That's not how it goes. Doom, 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 doom. No. How does it go then? That's, that's, how, that's how it's going to play throughout the stadium. Doom, 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 doom. Doom, 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 doom. Take you back. Do, 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 do. Take you back. Where's that from, Rye? I Pairs. can't tell you that. We just had a whole Rocky conversation. This is Rocky. That's the theme. That's plays throughout the opening of uh, Rocky Dose. Yeah. Mariano Rivera. For our bilingual fans. Hey, what do you think? Maybe Gronk could play uh, Drago's kid in the new Rocky. They already the cast. Pre- oh, they did? Yeah. I forget who it was. They already cast him. Uh, cool, maybe. He Gronk. does kind of look like him. Yeah, he could have been. He wants to become an actor. Mm. He's, did he, he did, I'm not he, talking about Gronkowski, so let's move on. But he did say he's coming back uh play for the Patriots next season. Oh, he did? There was a rumor going around that he was going to uh, become a wrestler. Yeah, saw The Rock was trying to get him over there. Oh, One please. of his best friends is uh, Mojo Raleigh, who wrestles for the WWE right, right. now. They went to college together. That's stupid. Huh. Um, Chance Adams. We went to a game last season. Actually, the three of us were there. Mm-hmm. Well, we, Stock Guy Rye was the fifth wheel on that trip. We yep. heckled. We <laughs> heckled players. Bad. Hexay. Promoted. What's his face Brand. requested to be traded because of us? Nick Rumbelow. He was, too. <laughs> uh, did we harass Ben Heller during that yes. game? I think it's safe to say that Chance Adams didn't blow us away. Correct? We were excited because... It just so it, happened that he yeah, was pitching. It just so happened, and we were excited to see Chance Adams pitch. I was game. more impressed by Billy McKinney than I was, was by the guy Chance that Adams. Was stretching really weird. Nick Rumble. Now he's right, traded. His friend was right <laughs> sitting there next to us. I was like, "Can you sign a ball for my daughter?" Like after the game, bro. It's like, okay, bro. <laughs> Rumble, bro. <laughs> Rumble, bro. That's a great name. You should have given it to him. <laughs> And uh, at uh, we're on here with Nick Rumble uh, at Rumble Bro. You can find him on at Rumble Bro on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and you owe us one thousand. I want him to pay each of us one thousand dollars if he hears this and changes his Twitter handle. I agree. All right. um, <laughs> so, so Chance Adams didn't really blow us away. 
he topped out at around 94, which, hey, pitchers get away with it. Mostly lefties now. Um, Wait, as a before righty, you, uh, you know, you'd think when uh, Nick was growing up and he would get into fights <laughs> on the playground, he'd be like, let's yeah, ready let's, to rumble let's rumble, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Such a loser. Who, Nick? And you. All right. Uh, All right. You know where the door is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I hope it hits you. Kick your ass out. Let's rumble, bro. Uh, He topped out at 94. Not something you really are blown away with by a righty. I think he hit above 92. No, he was. He topped out at 94. He was. And the Yankees. The the Yankees were looking for him to work on his changeup. And I think he was pretty effective. But it never hit me that. You throw this guy in the bullpen, he might throw 98 for a couple innings. And then you mix in his other stuff. He's got a great curveball. He could be a very effective pitcher. All right, so the point is is that uh, rumors have been trickling down this week that the Yankees might want Chance Adams to be the new Adam Warren. Hopefully better. I was never huge on Adam Warren. Yeah, but Adam Warren. I think he's good. He's very valuable. He is very valuable. I'm not saying he's not. But if Chance Adams could be a more dominant Adam Warren and you almost have like two Chad Greens in the Yeah, but their stuff is very similar to each other. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't know what Chance Adams' stuff is yet out of the bullpen. Adam Warren had a two. 235 ERA last year, 46 wow. games. Yeah, pitched. but Chris hates his guts. So no, it I don't hate him. I, he just, year. you know what it is? He doesn't blow me away. He got hurt, though, towards the he end, did. right? Yeah, he had yeah. a little. Uh, he had and something. the Yankees could have used him during Shoulder, that. maybe? Yeah. Shoulder barked yeah. up. Um, when they brought him back after they traded Chapman to the uh, to the Cubbies, Chris was like, "Why would they do that, bro? I hate his guts no, so I, much. No. <laughs> I hope he rot it and choked on a Solinsky sausage. Rot it. Listen, my thing is, you don't know what Chance Adams' stuff is in the bullpen. He might be another Chad Green. Do you know? You don't know. Yeah, but I think the Yankees are just hoping he's another Adam Warren. Okay, but what I'm saying is hopefully better. Maybe he's better. Maybe somewhere in between. Maybe. You know, because Dan, I believe Dan brought it up. Did he not say in an interview, Chad Green didn't hit 98-99 when he was starting games? Right. He was hitting 94. That's what I'm trying to say, bro. Rumble bro. Rumble bro. (laughs) Rumble bro. All we're saying is Chance Adams could be a different beast out of the bullpen. And what could be better than making this bullpen even stronger? Yeah, but you had high hopes that he was going to jump in and be a number three guy for this rotation. Possibly, I said. But now the Yankees want him to fulfill a different role. We talk about blocks from other players. He goes into the bullpen. This opens up a nice, clear path for Justice Sheffield. Yeah, but... The difference is where the Yankees need more help right now in that bullpen or in the starting rotation. That's a that's an excellent question you have to ask if you're. The I think Yankees. if you add Chance Adams to this bullpen with the rotation we have, it kind of even itself it See, evens itself out. The thing is in Chance Adams and because Adam Jordan Warren, Montgomery could then throw th- four or five innings every time, and you could bring a guy like Chance Adams because. In. It's not going to be Chance Adams and Adam Warren in the bullpen. Right. It's going to be Chance Adams and then Adam Warren on another team. Right. Which the Yankees could, you know, the Yankees could easily trade him. Yeah, he like you just said, he's a very valuable piece. So. Um. Yeah. All right. So you want Chance Adams? I mean, uh, Adam. Oh, Jesus, who are we talking about here? Chance Adams and Adam Jordan Adam. Montgomery. Mm. Dan brought it up. You want. Chance Adams to be the piggyback for either Montgomery or CeCe, knowing you might only get four or five guys uh, innings out of yeah. those guys, and maybe had Chad 
he didn't say it, but I'll say you want Chad Green to piggyback the other one? Yeah. I don't think that's an effective way to use these guys. Okay. So what's an effective way then? Because how many how many long guys do you need? You don't need Chad Green and Chance Adams unless you're unless you're thinking that you have a couple guys in your rotation who aren't going to eat a lot of innings this year. I don't want the Yankees to look at it and say, "Well, I'm saving Chance Adams to you know, let's say Tanaka goes out there and he only gives you two and a third. And then the Yankees are just like, forget it. We're just going to throw in whoever, who, whoever the bum reliever is this year and, and sacrifice this game because they know they have to save Chance Adams for... If Chance Adams starts this year in the bullpen or at any time comes in as an effective role in the bullpen, it just shows the Yankees are almost thrown in the towel of him being a successful starting pitcher. Because they, you know, this is a guy who's highly touted as a starting pitcher if you're gonna touted, f- not highly. I wouldn't say highly touted. No, I think you're wrong about that. He's very high up in the system, in the major leagues. Uh, Ryan, what was his ranking on the prospect list last year, please? Or even if you can get this year's ranking. And to just throw him in the bullpen and put him in an important role like that and say you can get rid of Adam Warren, a guy who's been very good for you over the last couple of years, you're making a statement at that point. Would you say Adam Warren was at best an average major league starter? Adam Warren? Yes. At best, yeah. In his current role, would you say he's better than average, even good in his current role? Yes. So if the Yankees are looking at it like that where maybe Chance Adams would only be at best an average major league starter, but he could be good in this new role. Wouldn't you you would take that chance? Sure. Last year for the Yankees, 2017, uh, Chance Adams was the number two prospect in the organization. Wow, number two, huh? Only behind Torres. Glaber. He's the number one pitcher. Not anymore. I think, wouldn't you say Justice Sheffield is probably... No, I actually think, uh, I think Chance Adams is still above him. I don't know about that. Chance Adams was ranked 81st on the Baseball America list. (laughs) Nobody cares. That's top 100, man. Nobody cares about him. That's top 100. Nobody's taking a chance on Chance at 81. Listen, he's got to find his role somewhere, whether it be in the bullpen or on another team. Maybe the Yankees, you know, go back to the old ways of a middle relief pitcher, give guys, you know, two innings. Like Chance a, like a Ramiro Mendoza. Yeah. They, start, they were relief, doing it a lot in the playoffs last year. I mean, there was guys giving innings. Speaking of uh, relief pitching, I was watching MLB Network the other day, and they were uh, doing their top 10 relievers in baseball right now. And I... You mentioned that you saw a list where uh, Chad Green finished, what, fourth? Fourth, yeah. And it was late at night, and they went to commercial uh, after they announced the top, the bottom five, ten through six. So I didn't see where, uh, if Chad Green even made the list. But they had a Roldis Chapman at number eight. Really? Yeah. I think I knew that. Would you agree with that? That he's the eighth best relief pitcher in baseball right now? Mm, yeah. I put him top ten. I don't know if I'd have to sort through. But See, I, I didn't think he would have been that highly rated because of all the trouble he went through last year. Yeah, but you know what? When he came back and he got back on track, he showed how strong he really is. And they showed that that he had that middle part of the season. And I think you know, I might be off a couple of points, but his ERA was about 5.37. Wow. And then when he came back and including the playoffs, I think his ERA was like 0.87. Wow. In his final 35 games. In that MLB Network 
relievers uh, thing you were watching, Chad yeah. Green was fourth. He was also fourth on yes. that list. Yeah. The top five was Kenley Jansen, one, Andrew Miller, Craig Kimbrell, Chad Green, Archie Bradley. That's incredible. That it is really incredible. is. And that's why I was I was talking about that list last week. Yeah. You know, that's a name you keep hearing a lot of Archie Bradley, but we here we really don't know a lot about no, I him. Who does he I play just, for? I want to make one Arizona. more point. Oh, I know Bradley. Yeah, now I do not yeah, yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. I want to make one more point about Chance Adams and why it would make sense to put him in the bullpen. You have three guys at the top of this rotation right now that you hope to be here. You know, I know contracts expire and whatnot, but they're still young. And if they're successful, you're going to resign them. You have three guys right now. Three right-handed pitchers. Yes. Right? Sonny, Tanaka, and uh, Seve. With with guys like Justice Sheffield and and you know this team constantly talking about adding a starting pitcher, maybe Chance Adams is more valuable in the bullpen. Maybe, maybe you can get another left-handed pitcher to match up with Sheffield in the starting rotation. Yeah, his name is Jordan Montgomery. There you go. So maybe Chance Adams has more value in this bullpen. I think that's what Cashman is looking at. There you go. So done. I thought you would have been a little bit more upset over this house because of how strongly you like uh, Chance Adams. No, but you know what? You think about it logically, and he might be a powerhouse out of the bullpen. Did he say he thought about this logically? Yeah. I've been doing a lot of thinking lately, man. You mean you've wow. been doing a lot of drinking lately? Mm-mm. Drink of water. Lincoln, Lincoln, I've been thinking, what the <laughs> hell have you been drinking? Is it beer? Is it wine? Holy shit, you, it's turpentine. Let me cut you off for one second, what? and then we'll wrap it up. We have the Jim Abbott interview coming out next month, and my cousin actually sent me a video. Do you ever watch the show Drunk History? No. Really? It's really funny. Okay. I've seen clips of certain episodes, but they did a Jim Abbott one where they get annihilated and then they try and like tell a story they get history. a person drunk and then they have to <laughs> they have to tell you the story so the one guy's hammered and he's talking about jim abbott pitching in the olympics against cuba that's funny it's so funny man you gotta watch it thanks so i'm gonna uh, rush to do that as soon as the show good over. you should it actually is you should good all right last thing we're gonna touch on today before we uh wrap things up and we touched on it with uh dan just wanted to get numb nuts's thoughts on it over here um no way possible outside of it. I think, no, we might have talked about it, but it might, it might have just been Clint Frazier. No way possible outside of major injury that Jacoby Ellsbury is the starting center fielder on this team this year. Yeah, I think Dan made a great point saying Hicks could bat, you know, 220, Ellsbury could bat 330. It doesn't matter. Hicks is going to be your starting center fielder, and that's because he's the future. He's Cashman's guy. He's one of Cashman, Cashman's guys. He's a cash boy. So, <laughs> so you know, there's no way. There's no way. I'm not saying it's impossible for Ellsbury to end up being the center fielder. I think it's a long shot, but it could happen. Uh, there's no way in hell outside of injury that, that he's the starting center fielder. Over under 350 at-bats for Jacoby Ellsbury this Under. Year. You think so? Under, yeah. I, under. I think Hicks stays healthy. You think so? Yeah. He's got no proven history of it. Yeah, well, it's just a gut feeling, just like I think Tanaka's going to win Cy Young. All right. So. I think it's going to be close to a push for Jacoby Ellsbury on that 350 number. And you know what? That's not a terrible number. Yeah, but that means he's seen about 80, 81 games, maybe a little bit more. 
Well, that's that's a problem for Hicks then. Because if you think about it, guys are getting what six hundred abs in a full season, playing one hundred fifty games. Yeah, around there. So if he's doing, if he's if he's getting three to three fifty, he's playing half the season. And you got you got to say realistically, if you put it like this, over under eighty one games for Jacoby Ellsbury this year. Yeah. What would you take? Games started. Games played. Over. Eighty <laughs> one. Yeah, that's a that's a low number. That is a low number well, if you think about I think it. You have to imagine. You have to imagine that Gardner's going to need some time. I think he will get at least eighty starts this year if you spread it around the outfield. I think. Yeah, you, will you know see. what? Hey, I, I'll put him right at that number. I, I, I'd push. I personally think under, but I put him right there. Because you think about it, Hicks is going to need a day. Who's going to play center field? Ellsbury. It better not, be Ellsbury for, for that contract. Guardy needs a day. Who's going to play left field? They're talking Stanton, but I don't think so. I think it'll be Ellsbury, and I think you keep the lefty in the lineup. Because Ellsbury's gonna, you're going to want Ellsbury in that lineup if Gardner's not in it to be your leadoff hitter. So, I think we're going to see a lot more Jacoby Ellsbury than we think that we than we initially think. And you know what? And I saw another thing on, I forget where I saw it. Well, it might have been on an MLB network, but Jacoby Ellsbury in the last six weeks of the season hit like 320 last year. It was probably his best six week stretch as a New York Yankee. Well, and Aaron Boone, we and said even this said last it, week before you get into that. And Aaron Boone even said it. He said it on the broadcast during the game on Friday that he believes Jacoby Ellsbury has a lot of good baseball left in him. And that could be just, you know, Boone's way of pumping him up or whatever. But, you know, he J- Ellsbury showed that he ha- he still can play at a high level. And the manager seems to think that he is going to play we, at a high we level. We said last week, because you asked me, you said, you don't think that Ellsbury can come in and tear it up for a few weeks? I said, yeah, he's proven he could. And you just gave the stretch of when he did. So I, could, right. I could see it happening again. I don't personally want it to. Um, I hope the way the team is set up now that we don't need Ellsbury to come in and have a six-week tear. But he's a great guy to have on your bench. <laughs> a lot of money. I think the fans are just... It's the fact that what he's being paid is overall performance and the fact that, you know... But you know what? It's not our money, right? It's not our money. So let Jacoby Ellsbury be a benched guy. Because he's actually a good bench guy to have. Yeah, but... Would you want anyone else in the outfield? I mean... Probably not, you know, for his role. But you got to think about it. He was He's being paid superstar money. And you can't... No matter what you say, it's not his money. It's not our money or whatever. It's still in the back of everybody's mind. And you you get certain contracts. You have, to, you have certain expectations. If he came here on a two-year $11 million contract and he hit 240, who gives a shit? Right, but he didn't come here on a two-year, eleven million-dollar contract. He came here seven for one fifty-three. That's a superstar deal. You got to play like a superstar, and I'm sorry he hasn't. So I agree. You give me six good weeks at the end of a season. That's not living up to your contract. I agree. And being uh, a bench guy this year, even if he hits three ten as a bench guy, you know, you got outplayed by Aaron Hicks. You know, that's not living up to your contract. I agree. All right. Eh. 
Anything else you want to get That's to this it episode? That's it for me, man. Pretty, good, pretty uh, fulfilling episode. I like this episode a lot. We it's had a good interview episode. with Dan. Again, you can follow Dan on Twitter at Dan J. Federico. Uh, check him out on Bronx to Bushville. What did I want to say when we were interviewing him? Bronx to Bushtail. Bushtail. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of bees there. Yeah. Follow me at Chris Jr. underscore M I Y S T. Stack Guy Rye back for two weeks in a row at Stack Guy Rye underscore M I Y S T. Right, we're going to make it three in a row? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ryan, happy birthday again. Thank yes, you. happy birthday to Thank Stack you. Guy Rye, the big two six. Thank you. Um, I'm going to get him drunk tonight. That's Chris Capiano's number, right? Yeah. That was. Your boy. Hell yeah. Great pitcher. You called, <laughs> you know, we can get into this a little bit more next week. And I think that it'd be, uh, we talked about it a lot last week, but you know, you said that Michael K was a friggin' moron to, uh, delete the expletive when he said that he thinks that Gregory Bird will be the guy in between judge and the stand this year. I think anyone who says that is a moron. So. We'll talk about it next week. All right. Anything? Uh, do you read anything into? You have such a hard time ending the show. I do because now all these it's thoughts, unbelievable. The thoughts are running through my brain. Save them. Does it mean anything to you that uh, even though Judge wasn't playing, that Stanton bad second on no. Friday it means no. nothing to you? Nothing. Just got that bat. Nothing. Did you hear Aaron Boone cheering on the players when they were up at bat? He's like a fan. Watching them. I love him. Really good. And this is the last thing we'll say today, and we can get into it more next week if you want to. I have no idea what Aaron Boone is going to be as a manager. We've never seen a manager. I think he's going to be an awesome manager. I I do too. I was in the car yesterday. Uh, The fan carried the game. John and Susan were doing the game, and Susan was being interviewed by Evan before they came on. Our boy Ev. Got, always got to get yeah. got to get an Ev plug in before we wrap up the show. We have to get him on the show one week. We do. That that uh, Met guy, Ev. Yeah. Met guy Ev. If he if he was uh, part of NYY Sports Talk, he'd be Met guy Ev. Yeah. Uh, Susan said that this is despite never managing anywhere. She has no doubt in her mind that. Aaron Boone is going to be an incredible manager. That's awesome. I'm and very excited. She took a veiled shot at Joe Girardi. <laughs> Let me hear it. She said something to the effect of, it's a lot friendlier in that room right now. Really? Yeah. It looks it in the pictures you see. Do you see all those clubhouse pictures? Uh, Man, they look like they're just all, even with Boone, just all having a good time. Her exact quota might have been, it's a lot less tense in that room right now. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. I'm excited. Do you th- honestly? Do you think it, it? You know, I was always a bigger Girardi guy than you were, and yes. Girardi got a lot out of some really bad teams. I agree. And he and we don't. He know. deserves credit. He, I mean, he managed some great years with some really bad teams. And he took a team with no expectations to Game Seven ALCS last year, which he's got to get a lot of respect for. Mm-hmm. Do you think that rigid, hard-nosed style wore on a lot of guys? Yeah. And the way that you hear this, and Susan Waldman is as close to anybody in that organization. You know, she's always around. You know, everybody loves her. And the fact that she said it, it's got to mean something. I agree. That's a good thing to hear. I'm excited. I think Aaron Boone's an Eagles an Eagles fan. Oh, Jesus. Him and uh, Tommy Kainley. I know Tommy Kainley is an Eagles fan. Kainley looked big. Kainley looked like he got big. 
It's a picture of him. Big jacked or big fat? Yeah, big fat. Oh God, no! Come on, Tommy K. My buddy's friends with him. He met. He uh, he went to meet him at the. Uh, they did some autograph show, but he didn't say anything to me that he got big. I just saw a picture. Uh, Tommy K. Yeah, Aaron Boone mm-hmm. confirmed Eagles fan. Oh, oh God, great. I hate him now. Loser. I hate his guts now. <laughs> um, yeah, we can do more on Aaron Boone next week, but I just wanted to, before I forgot that quote, I wanted to get that to you there. Thank you. It means a lot coming from Susan. It does. Head to MIYSportsTalk.com. Uh, check out our articles. MIYSportsTalk.com slash shop. Swag even if up. They make fan want, shop. Even swag if they make up. you want to uh, kill somebody like the Chris Drury. Why do I want to keep calling him Chris Drury? Because of the Rangers. And he wasn't even that good of a player for the Rangers. Brandon Drury. You're a big Ranger fan. <sighs> Me? Yeah. All right. I, I'm, I, Anything I else? Elimination Chamber pay-per-view tonight. Shut We're going to know who uh, Brock no Lesnar faces at WrestleMania no one cares. after tonight. No one cares. I think a lot of people no care. No one cares. Literally. You're, no I'm, one. I'm bringing, I'm bringing Joe up. Rivera and Dan on the podcast to record before WrestleMania. We're doing a whole WrestleMania preview. Okay. Deal? I will be here. All right. <laughs> to be the highest rated show ever. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you for listening to episode 30 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Double dipping with Stack Guy Rye. Three in a row maybe next Let's week. Do Let's it. do it. All right. Stack Guy Rye underscore NYYST. Chris Jr. underscore NYYST. Christian underscore NYYST, NYYSportsTalk.com, swag up, at NYYSportsTalk on quit, uh, Quitter. Quitter. we got to quit this podcast. <laughs> Twitter. Twitter. It's on Twitter. And uh, Aaron, can you say goodbye? Okay, Chris, say goodbye. Boo!